Universe. Media. Network. 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 Greetings and welcome to another episode of Features. I'm Antonio Holman, founder of United States Real Estate Investor. And you're joining me here today with my special guest, Nathan Turner of Earnest Investing. So join me now with my special guest on this episode of Features, Nathan Turner. And we're here today with another exciting, in-depth episode of Features. And today we're bringing a we're bringing you this is this is really interesting for me personally i mean hey uh this is nathan turner and we're bringing you an aspect of real estate investing without the hands-on traditional feel of real estate investing so uh i'd like to welcome nathan turner uh nathan welcome to the show today i'm very happy to be here thank you all right so uh get all my technical things together so yeah. Nathan, before we get started, uh, let's let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, fill us in about your personal life. What do you like to do aside from business things? Well, right now it is lightly snowing outside. I love snowboarding. That's it's. I love snowboarding. So <laughs> last weekend of the season is this weekend. So taking the kids, uh, going up to the hill, and we'll get the last little bit of spring skiing in. Uh, before it all shuts down. So I, I love snowboarding. I like running in the summertime. I I just like being outside as much as I can and just getting out and seeing nature. We live close to the Rocky Mountains and I love that and going out and just hiking, doing whatever. Okay. And so for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Nathan is a Canadian. Nathan, you're in, you're in Canada right now, right? Yeah, that's right. I just live right outside of Calgary. So <laughs> how did you even get involved in the United States real estate market? Um, and I've talked to a few people. They haven't really touched on it. Uh -huh. What is the difference between investing in Canada versus the United States? Is there a lot of barriers or the prices through the roof? What do you say? Uh, well, we'll go with first question first. So um, I started, you know, it's really right time, right place, talking to the right people, making the right connections. Uh, and so networking is a huge, huge thing. It always has been for me, uh, which is funny because I'm not the most outgoing guy, but uh, but I recognized and realized that networking is essential to business. Yeah. So I, uh, I, gosh, going back about 2008, uh, it was a friend of mine also originally from Canada. He moved down to the States and met with some uh, investors that had bought a portfolio of properties, mostly centered in the Midwest. And the problem was they had bought these in April of 2007. So right at the very like top of the market. And uh, by the time I got involved in the fall of 2008, it was a mess. Everything was a mess. Everything has just gone nuts. And so our, our, our charge was take these 60 properties, do whatever you can, make some lemonade out of these lemons, like try to squeeze out what you can. So we, as a couple of Canadians, this is going into your second questions, as a, as a couple of Canadians, uh, we kind of thought we had invented seller financing. <laughs> it's just really not done in Canada. Uh, so we, we figured we'd come up with this great idea on about selling properties on terms and thought that was really novel and nobody else is doing this and, and uh, man, aren't we smart. 
but uh, but that's kind of that was my introduction. Was just happened to meet the right people at the right time. Figured something out, and uh, the more I talked to people, and the more I started getting involved, networking with a lot of different people, I realized this was a really cool business. And like I say, it's it's not really available in Canada, so that was that was really the reason. Uh, now everything I do is in the states. So yeah, so Canadian real estate is totally off the table for you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to flip properties way back when, 2005, yeah. 2006, uh, in Canada, and that was great, and I really enjoyed it, and I would do it again if the right opportunity came along. But I haven't been looking. I, I've just I've been yeah. so involved in what I'm doing in the U.S. that it I haven't it hasn't even been on my radar to go and look. Mm -hmm. What's one of the like the biggest glaring differences between Canadian real estate versus United States real estate, like the, the operation and the industry. What's, what's one of the biggest differences? So uh, here's a couple. So very interesting. Number one, it's way more expensive in Canada. Uh, houses are really expensive. I, the house we just sold last summer for over $800,000, you know, it's two story, less than 2000 square feet. Like it's, it's a nice house, but $800,000, like that's a lot of money. Uh, for that kind of a house and that same kind of money, depending on your, where you are in the U.S., of course, but uh, but by and large, and that could have gone a lot further. But mm -hmm. uh, but that's just to give you an example. It, it's really expensive. Uh, number two, and this more relates to what I do now, is mortgages are are set up a little bit differently. Number one, they're tougher to qualify for. Uh, number two, the really interesting thing about about this is that you know. Um, when you go get a mortgage on a property, it's, you know, you got your payment, you got your interest rate, and then it's amortized over generally 30 years. And then that is your term. So for the next 30 years, this is, these, these are your rates, this is your payment, and off you go. In Canada, uh, we've got this payment, we've got the rate, and we've got the amortization time over 30 years, but then we've got a term. And our terms are they vary. It can go two, three, four, five years, meaning every when your term is up after two or three, four or five years, whatever it is, you have to actually go back to the bank, re-qualify and re-negotiate uh, all the terms that you previously had. So it's it, it, we would call that in the U.S. A, like a balloon. And mm -hmm. that's what it is. So every few years, everybody's going back to the bank. Uh, makes a lot of business for the bank, but uh, makes it tough to, to get in and stay into the mortgage market. Oh, I see. I see. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And so is it a matter of, from, from my very limited knowledge of uh, Canadian politics and government things, do you yeah. think that there's a, a huge government control on real estate and things like that? Is that the reason why things seem to be so expensive? There, it's a huge, huge control thing. Uh, so another thing is probably 95%, maybe even a little bit more of all mortgages in Canada are uh, insured by the government. It's called the CMHC, Canada Housing something, something, something. Uh, but they, they insure and guarantee all of those mortgages. So almost all mortgages in Canada go through this program. Uh, there are very, very few private mortgages otherwise. It are, is it uh, allowed for, you know, other other citizens of other countries to buy real estate in Canada? Because some countries do not allow you to do that unless you're an actual citizen or a natural born citizen. 
Yeah, actually, that's something they changed here probably just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, they instituted a uh, foreign investor tax. So if Go somebody ahead. coming from outside, and if you're going to stay outside of Canada, like if you're just investing from afar, uh, they institute a tax, and it's quite steep. I don't remember the number, but I remember when it came out, I thought, oh, that's mm -hmm. that's going to hurt a lot of people. And, you know, coming from the U.S., coming from overseas, China, whatever, uh, mm -hmm. and it actually, it worked. It, it really curbed uh, outside investors, <laughs> yeah. which is what they were intending to do. And so I guess, yeah. I guess that's good, but uh, it's a hefty tax. Wow, interesting. Um, another thing, my, my curiosity for Canada, uh, are there real estate investing groups like all over the place like they are here? Is, does that exist in Canada? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. The big, the big thing here and, and where most, and most places, I guess, is uh, rentals. People get into okay. rentals. But I'll tell you, I was shocked the first time I went to a RIA meeting and I had already been doing the business I do now, but I, I go in there and they're talking about rentals that they're buying. This is in Montreal. And they were talking about um, negative cash flow. But, and they were happy about this. They were talking about like, oh, well, you know, I, it's only $100 out of my pocket every month. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm getting this amazing equity. I'm like, in 20 years, I'm sure, I, I, I guess. Yeah. But and <laughs> but you're willing to pay for that for 20 years? Oh my goodness! So I, wow. I just shake my head at that and think, ah, oh, there's a better way. It's kind of that, that's kind of like a retirement strategy. Yeah, yeah. Where you're working at a a company and you don't get to reap the benefits until it's almost over. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a better way. And so even even then. Again, we'll get into more of what I do, but uh, but right off the top, I say don't don't stay in Canada. It's not worth it. Even the numbers are so much better in the U.S. Uh, go where the money is, and you know you don't have to negative cash flow every month. That's ridiculous. So mm -hmm. I've hopefully I've convinced a few people. We'll see. All right. So um, as people may see at the bottom of the screen here. Yeah. Uh, you are the founder of Diversified Mortgage, the Diversified Mortgage Expo. Okay. Um, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Sure. Um, now your company, Ernest Investing LP, and you have the websites, ErnestInvesting.com and CanadianNoteGuy.com. Yep. Those, those sites in your business is focused on real estate note investing, uh, as opposed right. to traditional real estate investing that we all know and love. Yeah. Uh, so why did you decide to focus on note investing versus traditional? And what are the things people can see and do and connect with you through those two websites? Sure, you bet. So it, I'll tell you, it was a process. Uh, like I say, I started doing fix and flip. That was the beginning of my real estate career. And what ended up happening is as the market turned, I got caught with one property where I wasn't able to sell it. So I did what you do in real estate and I rented it out. Um, and I found out very quickly, I don't like being a landlord. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the, the cash flow. The cash flow was great. Um, but everything else that went along with it was just a headache. People moving in, moving out, repairs, you know, this, that, and everything else. I just, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, but I did like the cash flow. And so when I started buying notes, uh, I was still kind of in a real estate mentality where I was buying the note with the intention of, of taking back property, which I did and it worked really well. And that's certainly an exit strategy that you can use and I still use today. However, 
the further I went along, the more I realized I don't actually want to own the property at all if I can help it. I would way rather just own the paper attached to the property, get that cash flow that I really like without all the headaches, without all the, the stuff that goes along with owning the property. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And I, as you're as you're saying this, I'm thinking this through because a lot of people, they, they love being a landlord. They love the multifamily. They love oh, all the great. commercial things and everything. And then sure. there's another group of people who love land investing because they feel it's so hands-off, it's so much simpler. Yeah. But then once you bring in the idea of note investing, it's yeah. like, well, the headache's almost completely gone. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it makes total sense. Yeah. And and so it just to, to just get it out of the way and just to put it yeah. out there, the, the one big major disadvantage compared to regular real estate investing is because I don't own the property, I also don't get any of the equity. So all the equity that's been building up, all the appreciation that may be building up over the years, I don't I don't get to benefit from any of that. However, <laughs> I sleep very well at night. Uh, because I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. I don't have to deal with, you know, a roof. I don't have to deal with the toilet. I don't have to deal with tenants. I'm dealing with homeowners, not tenants. You're, you're concerned about the cash flow. You're not concerned about the equity. That's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, as far as your two websites, what can people uh, find on those websites and how can they like connect with you and learn from you and things like that? You bet. So the Canadian note guy one was kind of as I started uh, this whole side of business and uh, it was more geared towards people who are just getting started and people who want to do it themselves, which is great. And I'm, I'm more than happy to help and talk and, and uh, encourage you to get going and into this fantastic business. I've got one really, you know, I, would, I don't want to call it simple, but I've got one kind of coaching thing. And, and I, I give you all this preamble to say, I'm not a coach. I don't, I don't want to be you know, a teacher of this stuff. I, I love doing it and I really, really enjoy talking about it. Uh, but I don't really want to be a coach. I'm happy to have conversation with you and help you get started. Uh, and I can point you in the direction of some people that do a really, really good job of teaching. But it's just not really my area of uh, focus. It's not something I want to do. The other site, on the other hand, Earnest Investing, that is for a fund that I recently set up. And uh, that's for people that think this is a fantastic idea, but you know what? I don't want to do it because there's lots to learn. There's lots to do. I just don't want to deal with it. Great. I love doing this. So go ahead and give me your money, put it into the fund, uh, and you can expect a return there. And it's, you know, set it and forget it and you can move on with your life and I'll move on with mine. Okay, that's that's good. You're you're covering both sides of the industry, which is great. So, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um <clears throat> So, let's let's take it back to the 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 very basics of note investing. Okay, so sure. for those who don't know, what is note investing and how does note investing work from a typical standpoint of investment return? All right. So, <laughs> and this is where as a real estate investor, I had, to, it took me some time to kind of get my head around it. So if it takes you a minute, don't worry about it. That's normal. Uh, you're coming from real estate where you want to touch and feel the bricks and you want to actually yeah. lay eyes on a house. For me, I am doing some research on a property 
only because that is my collateral. So I'm, I'm looking at the property. I, I buy first lien mortgages and notes, people, you know, seller finance notes, institutional uh, originated notes, whatever. But I'm, I'm always a first lien guy. Uh, because I'm looking at first lien, uh, I'm interested in the proper be, property because there is a chance that I am going to own that property at some point. I hope not to, but that's always my backup. So as far as real estate goes, that's about as far as it's related. Uh, I'm checking out the property in case I need to take that back at some point. Now, what that means is instead of buying the property, I'm buying the paper attached to the property. So if you go out and get a mortgage to buy a property, uh, you go to the bank, you fill out all the documents, all the application stuff and everything else. And then they say, okay, we are going to give you just breezy numbers. Let's call it $100,000 to buy this house uh, at uh, today's rate. Let's call it 6% interest over 30 years. Uh, and here's your payment amount. Okay, awesome. Thank you. The, you're great because you've just owned, now you've owned the property and you can do whatever you want to do with that property. I come along and say, Mr. Bankman, uh, that payment stream that you're collecting, I'm willing to pay you to take over that payment stream. So instead of, so for the person in the house, nothing actually changes at all, except where they send their check. So they were paying Bank of America or Chase or whoever it was, now they're gonna pay me, Ernest Investing. Uh, and that's really the big, difference for the borrower. For me, now I get to collect that cash. For the bank, now they're cashed out, so they've got a lump sum of cash that they can go out and do whatever they're gonna do with, lend it off to somebody else or whatever. So that that's kind of how that works, and like I say, I, I know sometimes that takes a minute to get your head around, but that's essentially that's how that goes. That's, uh, it's not necessarily just on distressed situations, is that what you're saying? Not at all. No, no. I actually buy performing notes where people are making regular on-time payments. I also buy non-performing notes where people are not making any payment at all and maybe having for two or three years. That's not uncommon at all where I pick up a note where somebody hasn't made a payment for quite some time and for all kinds of different reasons. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. And when I pick it up, the cool thing is in a distress situation is I'm not a bank. I act like the bank, but I'm not a bank, which means I am far more flexible. So somebody who's struggling and they've been trying to contact the bank and they get red tape after red tape, you know, transferred to this department and that, uh, now you're talking directly to the decision maker and together we come up with something that's going to work. So let's say their payment was $800 a month uh, and for whatever reason they can't do that, they lost their job, they're back working again, now they can do 600 so me as the note holder, I say, okay, $600 a month. I think we can make that work. Uh, we're probably going to raise the interest rate. We might stretch that amortization back out to 30 years or 35 years or whatever the case might be uh, or shorten it. it. I've had all kinds of situations where it's, it goes one way or the other. So that, that's the kind of the cool fun part with the non-performing with the performing. It, it works really well for people that are doing seller finance. Because uh, they've acquired this property real cheap, they've sold it at uh, whatever current market value is, and then they just want to cash out so they can go do it again. Fantastic. I love just, you can do all that, what I call the heavy lifting, I just want the cash flow. So I'll buy that cash flow from you. You've got a bump, uh, and then you can go out and do it again. What's, uh, 
what's what's really the the let's see the motivation for the bank to say okay we'll go ahead and you know let you take this property off our hands are you getting it from the banks at somewhat of a discount so they can just get rid of it how does that yeah. work yeah and you know especially when i first started uh it was it was a mess there's all kinds of non-performing notes out there just where people are not making payments and I mean, it was it was a mess. Uh, I started buying not performing in 2010. So if you think back, there were a ton of people that just weren't yeah. making payments for all kinds of reasons. Um, in that situation, number one, the bank needs to sell that off because they've got a, a warehouse line of credit where for government regulations, they have to have a certain number of good loans and they can only hold a certain number of bad loans. So they are very much incentivized to get rid of those bad ones uh, for their own kind of credit reading, if you want to call it that. Um, the other thing is, it's so much easier from the bank to sell off a bad loan rather than having to take it through the whole foreclosure process, if that's the way it goes. It's, it's time, it's money, and it's just it doesn't look good for the bank. Uh, so they're more than willing to kind of get rid of that headache to somebody like me where I can deal with it. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I do a better job than the bank a lot of the time in those uh, yeah. kind of situations. Most most likely you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you as you hold these notes, um, does the economy affect you in any way as you're holding it? Or it's just that's the set rate. It doesn't necessarily matter. Your cash flow stays the same. Yeah, it really doesn't make a big difference. Uh, as long as the person keeps making payments, as long as they're able to stay there. Or let's say they're making payments and then they call and say, you know what, I just lost my job. Uh, you know, we're having problems. I, I have total control to say, you know what, I'll give you two months off. We'll just, we'll take whatever that payment is and we're going to tack it on to the end of the loan. No problem. We'll get you a couple months so you can get back on your feet. Uh, you know, I've got tons and tons of latitude where I can just work with people directly and, and figure something out. So as far as the economy goes, for notes that I'm already holding, it doesn't really make very much of a difference at all. The interest rate there, the payment amount, it, nothing changes. Um, for those before they get to me, uh, as interest rates rise and as the economy tightens and things get rough, uh, that actually creates more opportunity for me uh, because then they start to default on their loans and banks are, are looking to offload those. So it, Bad economy is actually good news for me. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I, I like to say I, when the economy is doing well, I do well. Uh, when the economy is doing poorly, I do better. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. That's, there's, there's a lot of aspects of uh, real estate investing where that, man, that rings true consistently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, what's your favorite part just overall? What's your favorite part uh, about being a note investor? You know what? I here's the story that goes along with this. Um, I honestly and truly I get to help people, and and I know that sounds cliche and everything else, but here's the story that goes along with it. The very first note package that I bought, I bought three notes back in 2010, and uh, we'll tell you about one of them. So on the one, all three of these were in Columbus, Ohio. Um, this first time I'd done this, so I was just kind of figuring it out, and. Uh, I was in Columbus uh, and found out that the property attached to the note was a vacant property and that the person who had bought that house, like a lot of people, had bought it as an income property. 
and she was going to rent it out and everything looked like it was going to be great until it wasn't. Right. So I found out where uh, the current address of this, of this lady was and uh, took a friend of mine. We went over there together and knocked on the door and she came to the door and I said, you know, here's who I am. I've got your loan. However, I'm not here to collect any money. All I want to do is own the property. If you're willing to sign it over to me, I'll make this mortgage go away. And she broke down in tears and she was so grateful and so thankful that I was taking this headache off of her hands. And that was completely unexpected. I did not anticipate that kind of reaction. Uh, but it, it, I mean, it got me choked up. Like I, I hadn't thought of it before that I was helping to relieve a huge burden for her. And whether she just gave the property back to me or whether we were able to do some kind of modification on her loan, whatever the case might be, but I'm there helping to solve problems, which is awesome. I love that. That is, that is the underlying motivation that yeah. keeps you going in this industry that is yeah, i love so that fun. yeah you it's know? so fun and, and so many people think that a lot of these investors are just dirty backstabbing sharks and, and it's like i'm coming to realize the more i dive into the industry that's the absolute opposite is what's true wow. yeah yeah and that's so, true and it's not just me that's true of yeah uh, most node investors that i've met and, and real estate investors we're, we're there to help solve problems that's it oh yeah there you go. Now, throughout your uh, note investing career, I'm sure everything wasn't perfect. And uh, yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite question. I always like to ask guests. Um, throughout your uh, note investing career, what would you say yeah. was that time when you felt most unsuccessful? Uh, you know what? I was actually just looking at this case just recently. Um, I had one in... Uh, it was Michigan. I think it was Detroit. I'd have to go back and look to be sure. But anyway, somewhere somewhere in Michigan where it was really rough. Uh, it was a note where um, I had somebody that had agreed. I did a seller finance deal. I had already acquired the house, did a seller finance deal, and the guy was going to start making payments. I think he made a few payments, and then I'm not sure what happened. He just kind of ghosted me and disappeared. Mm -hmm. So... I had to go through the whole process of foreclosure because I couldn't find him. I had to foreclose on the empty property and take it back. And at the very end of the day, when we finally got to the end of it, we got into the property and it was absolutely trashed and it was just, just a mess. So much so that we even did a, uh, an insurance claim on it and the insurance claim after the deduction and after the depreciation and whatever they were going to, pay me 500 bucks. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what a disaser. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, the city had tacked on all kinds of liens and whatever else, and they weren't willing to budge either. So that, that was like absolutely my very, like without question, that was my very worst deal ever. Uh, and I think we ended up losing something like $15,000, uh, which is not the end of the world, but I don't like losing money. So that wasn't fun yeah. either. But in the end of the day, you know, all things considered, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Man, it's, it's it's so funny when I talk to everybody. Uh, they always have a story that's similar to yeah. that. <laughs> this is a heck of an adventure that you're uh, you're in. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the uh, one positive goal you're focused on today in your uh, note investing business? Um, you know, the big, big goal that I'm working on right now is I'm more focused these days on buying the performing notes. So I am looking to connect with anybody who's doing owner finance, seller finance, creative finance, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I'm looking to connect with those folks. 
because there we can do an awful lot of business together. If people are taking, like for example, a subject two loan, uh, like taking over a property subject to the first and then doing a wrap, I'll buy the wrap, I'll cash you out. It, it can work out very, very well for, for the first investor. I'm the second investor on that and we can do that all day long, every day and, or whatever, regular seller finance stuff, contracts for deed, any of that kind of thing. Uh, I'm very interested in that stuff. So I'm looking to kind of get those people, this may be coming back to the conference. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to get everybody that is creating notes to come and meet the note buyers, not just me, but there's a whole, there's a whole community of us. Yeah. Uh, one, one question just hit me. What do you, what do you say to the people that say, Nathan, you're crazy to just be a note investor because you don't have an asset. You don't have an asset you can manipulate and utilize yeah. and keep and, People, people would look at you and say, this guy's out of his mind because he literally doesn't own anything. Right. What do you say to those people? Uh, that goes back to, uh, who was a Rockefeller that said, uh, own nothing and control everything. That is the epitome of what we do with notes. I don't own the property. I just own, I, but I am able to control it. And that is fantastic. So uh, I actually look at it and I have looked at it a lot. Uh, I think, I would argue that uh, I have more exit strategies than I would if I only own the property. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've got just a ton of different directions that I can go uh, in case of whatever. And it's, it helps create a lot of safety and security and it just makes me feel good. And without any of the headaches, it's great. Now, now the other part of that though, uh, cause there's, there's a lot of <laughs> conspiracy theorists around us, uh, you know, normal, uh, yeah. So a lot of conspiracy theorists, they would say, well, what about when uh, the money is useless and the hard asset is something you can use and barter with and supply people with with housing and things? What do you say yeah. about those people? I mean, because some people say, oh, the money's going to dive and it's not going to be worth anything. What do you say to right. that? Well, that's the cool thing is uh, every loan that I buy is backed by real estate. So. I don't own the real estate yet, but I very easily could. Uh, and so that's, I mean, it would have to go drastically wrong for the whole legal system and everything else to shut down Yeah. So that I can't actually access the property. But, uh, but that's the cool part. So for every single loan that I buy, it's backed by that real estate and I bought it at a discount. So I'm, I, I feel very safe and secure where I'm at. There you go. There you go. All right. So uh, currently in your uh, investing business, what would you say is your favorite piece of technology you tend to use day to day? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, besides just a computer, (laughs) just the Internet. I I live in Canada. Everything I do is in the U.S. So the Internet really makes this business possible for me. I've, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, you should only invest in your backyard. And so I say, yeah, that's what I do. I just have a really big backyard. And yeah. so I, it's, it works really well because I can, I can do everything I do from this home office uh, in Canada and everything I do is in the States. So I guess that's the short answer, just the internet. I love it. Uh, currently, what's your uh, note portfolio look like these days? So we're winding down the JVs that we were doing uh, and then ramping up this fund. And so I'm kind of in a bit of a transition, but right now uh, I've got about 35 loans that I'm managing 
And that's down from about 95. And then once the fund is up and running, we'll be back up there again, right around 100 notes. Okay, awesome. So we're getting to the part of this to where we start to uh, wrap things up. But yeah. you got something exciting going on. And one of yeah. my other uh, uh, colleagues here in this industry, she was super excited. And I, this is exciting. This is super exciting. So this is about I the... Yeah, the, the, the Mortgage Expo you have here. So go ahead yeah. and hit us with some information about that. Yeah, so uh, this is the Diversified Mortgage Expo. So the interesting thing with this, this conference, this is the eighth annual uh, conference. This is actually the first year that I am hosting it. I just took it over last year. And so this is my first go around uh, for this particular conference. I've done a bunch of large events before, but never this. So I'm, I'm very excited to be putting it on. Uh, we've got all kinds of really fun things planned to go along with the learning. We've got the, like the night before the conference starts, we're doing an axe throwing tournament. So we'll have a, a note investing axe throwing champion for the next year. Um, and just all kinds of really cool networking things that are built into the conference itself. Besides having some amazing speakers that are coming uh, and talking to us all about all kinds of different aspects of notes, anything from seller financing to commercial notes to partials to, uh, we've got somebody coming talking about um, nonprofits. I mean, we've got, uh, there's a lot uh, to, to ingest at this conference. So I'm very excited about it. It's gonna be a, a really great, great event. Do you think uh, somebody who has absolutely no idea about uh, mortgage note investing could come to this conference and pretty much start in off the ground running with with note investing. Is that a possibility? Uh, you know what? Probably not. To tell you the truth, uh, you can come and start to learn different pieces of it, and you can start meeting a huge, huge piece of this is just meeting the right people and talking to the right vendors and the right uh, just the right contacts to have. This is a very open community. Uh, you, you meet any note investor, they'll talk your head off forever. Uh, the one thing they won't tell you is where to find the notes. And I'll tell you the place you do find notes to buy is at conferences. You go and you meet people there and uh, you just start to network and chat. So that's, that's, that's the secret sauce is right there is go to conferences. I'm actually heading to a different conference here next week. And then, uh, and then mine is coming up June 2nd and 3rd in Nashville. So even if it's not my own, I'm going to conferences. I'm going about half a dozen this year, including mine, just because it's that important. That's awesome. So you have right <laughs> now, there's still an early bird discount. Um, when does that early bird discount end? Yeah, early bird discount runs out May 5th. That's the last day you can get that. So you've got just over two weeks uh, to get that that deal. And it's a really good deal. Regular price is $5.99 and tickets are on sale for $3.99. Uh, so that's 200 bucks off. Uh, that's a smoking deal, 33% yeah. off. Yeah, that, that is a good deal. Uh, and if, if any of the listeners or viewers want to take advantage of that, follow the link that's in the, uh, the banner below. It's uh, unitedstatesrealestateinvestor.com forward slash DME. United States real estate investor.com slash DME. You'll get that uh, early bird discount and get the hobnob with some fancy uh, note investors who can make some really good things happen for your uh, investing life. I, this is fascinating to me. Yeah. 
because it, it, I don't think it really even occurred to me or the existence of known investing until I actually met you. I was like, wait a yeah. minute, this changes everything. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's such a cool business. And I tell you, there's just so much flexibility in it. There's so much preference that goes into it. Of all the different node investors, we can remain friends because we're not directly competing with each other. And I know that sounds crazy, but literally we can be looking at the same list and on the same list of assets, I like these five and he likes those seven and that's mm. fine. And just, and it really boils down to a preference in a lot of cases. So, so you can put your own personal spin on it. I mean, it's great. It's, it's just such a fun, a fun group of people. That is awesome. So Nathan, if uh, people want to personally connect with you, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? You can call me directly 312-860-3747. Uh, or you can email me at Nathan at earnestinvesting.com. And that's Ernest with an A. So, uh, Nathan, since entering into the note investing world, what would you say you're most grateful for? I am so grateful for people that have been patient with me as I was learning because <laughs> it took me a minute. Uh, and I mean, a financial calculator, I, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a financial calculator. And people who are like literally willing to spend a couple of hours with me on the phone going through different calculations and okay, now press this button. Now you do this and this is how you look at that. And this is what that means. And I've had such great help in getting started. And, and like I say, this has been gosh, almost 15 years now that I've been doing this, but, uh, and it continues. Uh, we've got our own personal private group that we've chat on Facebook, just spitballing ideas. And what do you guys think about this? And has anybody run into this situation? It's just a great community. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, before I hit you with the last question, I uh, just want to tell you, thanks a lot for being on today. Uh, you brought a lot of value into a, a, a lane of this industry that a lot of people, they, a lot of people don't even know it exists. They don't even know. know this opportunity exists. So I'm so yeah. glad we had the opportunity to share this with everybody today. Yeah. All right. So uh, finally, Nathan, uh, this is the question I love the most. <laughs> what uh, what would you say is your definition of real estate note investing success? Ooh, real estate note investing success. Uh, the willingness and ability to help individuals stay in their homes. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Features with Nathan Turner of Earnest Investing. If you'd like to be my next guest on Features, just contact us at UnitedStatesRealEstateInvestor.com and we will get back with you shortly. If you found value in this episode, please share with all of your friends, family, colleagues, and anyone who would like to know more about Nathan Turner, Ernest Investing, the Diversified Mortgage Expo, or Note Investing in general. Again, this is Antonio Holman, founder of the United States Real Estate Investor, and thanks for listening. Music by Stream Beats. Mastering. Your audio more listenable.